The Oklahoma Sooners defense came up big in their 20 to 6 win over Cincinnati. We are live here with a post game show. You're listening and watching Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners Post Game Edition. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more by going to FanDuel.com, official sportsbook of Locked On. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. The show is at Locked On Sooners and Josh. 4-0 to start the season, 1-0 in Big 12 play. The Oklahoma Sooners beat Cincinnati 20-6. And is this what a, a defense looks like? Because it's been so long since I've seen defense that I don't remember what that looks like anymore. Well, let, let's start here. The uh, Sooners win 20-6 over Cincinnati. And, you know, my score prediction going in was 34-24 for this thing, which obviously we fell short of that regard in really both fronts. Defense much, much better than uh, maybe I was expecting and offense, you know, way off uh, the mark from what sort of I was suspecting. But uh, relative to that prediction and what it wound up being, John, isn't this kind of what we've been pining for to some degree? I mean, wouldn't mm -hmm. you rather struggle through one twenty to 6 win at Cincinnati where you feel like the offensive stuff's a little more correctable versus, I don't know, a Texas Tech shootout from not too many moons ago and a 51-48 game or insert final score line that uh, it was basically can Oklahoma score more points than the opposition. So, look, there's going to be some offensive griping coming out of this win for Oklahoma. There's some questions about, you know, the run game. I mean, there's, there's plenty of questions you could finger point and ask offensively for Oklahoma. But I'm going to start here with the positive, which is, I kind of don't mind this little 20 to six change of scenery, John. You know, it's different than what we've seen in a long, long time, especially in a game where, okay, you struggled to run the football against what we knew going into it was going to be a very good Cincinnati defensive front with arguably the best defensive tackle in college football and Dante Corleone and Marcus major at times was able to get a little bit going and, and they were able to make some things happen in the running game. You know, the offensive line pass protected fairly well. I mean, you know, the pass rush got to him a little bit. You still scored 20 points. You beat him by two touchdowns because your defense was so good. And yes, we can, we can, I know people are going to do this, that Emory Jones is not the best quarterback that they'll face all year. And that's true. He is not the best quarterback they'll face all year. At the same time, they held him to 2.8 yards per carry, a really good running back. They held in check. They held a really good running game. The Cincinnati Bearcats came in, what, number nine in the country, number eight in the country, averaging five yards a carry and over 200 yards per game. And Oklahoma held him to 3.7 yards per carry. So, I really like what I saw out of the Oklahoma Sooners defense. Were there a couple of times where they made some plays? Sure. That's going to happen from time to time, but Oklahoma buckles down and they take care of business. You know, they got pressure. I thought the pressure was much improved in this game, whether it was Jaron Cannon coming off the edge or Billy Bowman or Adapuja Adabari, like 
he near he dang near had a strip sack at one point and Emory Jones just barely got the ball out like a tick before PJ was able to get there. So this was a phenomenal game from the defense and I, I, Danny Stutzman. I mean, what another incredible effort from him, 13 total tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, a sack. I know he was in on at least two fourth down stops. One of them, I think was a pass def- defense that he, he was in coverage on that, that fell incomplete. And the other one, was uh, Emory Jones tried to scramble up the middle and uh, Danny Stutzman stopped him cold. And and several times, Danny Stutzman was right where he needed to be, just stopping the run game, just dead in its tracks. And, I mean, he continues to play improved all the time. He does. Yeah, I, you can't tell the story of this football game, football game without – Tip of the cap to Danny Stutzman, 13 tackles, as you mentioned, three and a half tackles for loss, like you said, in on uh, both of the fourth down stops. And he did. He he had the pass deflection right there uh, at the end to, to basically at that point, ice the victory, John. So, no, he's playing incredible football. I, uh, you know, Daryl says, hey, there's way too many missed tackles. The, the third down in 19 play wasn't great. And Blake points that out. The third down in 19 was my only complaint about the defense, third and 18, third and 19, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, that wasn't good where you, you lost the quarterback and obviously Emory Jones, you know, runs for the first down there. But generally speaking, I would say the tackling is clearly improved for Oklahoma. There's, there's, there's not nearly as many of those frustrating third down moments, though that, of course, in, in one instance was not necessarily a great sign. But, I mean, come on, we're talking about a day where Oklahoma gave up six points. And, and that was at a moment where Oklahoma was up still two touchdowns and really like throwing tons of pressure at Emory Jones. And he just was able to find the one little opening that was there to slip out. And then the coverage was just gone because they were in man down the field. That happens. Still, they held him to under three yards per carry. You, a really athletic running quarterback, they held him to three yards per carry. You take that 19-yard runaway, and it's much, much better than that. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be things that they are going to work on and continue to get better at as the season goes along. But you're, I think you're right. Like The tackling, to me, is way better. I, I think the play that stands out to me on that front is they throw a little swing pass out to the the – near sideline from the broadcast view and Gentry Williams is the guy in coverage over on that side. And he's the only one over there and he's able to get there, kind of wrap the guy's legs up that allows, I believe maybe Kip Lewis to come through or Jaron Canick, one of the two to come over and then finish the playoff. Like to me, that was excellent execution of team tackling in a situation where if Gentry doesn't get there and he doesn't make that, then I mean, potentially the guy's able to go for big yards. And I feel like there were a lot of occasions where, okay, maybe the first guy didn't necessarily knock him to the ground, but he held him up long enough to knock him down. I don't, I don't recall as many, you know, guys wrapping up to tackle and then getting knocked backwards, getting knocked, you know, for two or three more yards, which I felt like was a big issue last year where, okay, maybe a guy was there to make the tackle, but he, then he, then he fell backwards for three yards and a first down. Well, this year, I feel like when guys are, are, are hitting for the tackle, that's basically where those dudes stop. And if they don't stop right there, they're getting held up and then somebody else is coming in to finish the play. So to me, I'm, I'm very content with where the defense is. And I think there's a lot, you know, there, there's even ways that they can continue to get better, but based on what we saw a year ago to what we're seeing now, this is phenomenal. This is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, through four games, They've given up, what is it, 34 points so far through four games. And 
they're looking good doing it. It's not that these are okay. There was a missed field goal somewhere around there, but I mean the key Lawrence interception, like that is that is the sign of really good defense. Woody Washington is an excellent coverage down the left sideline, the far sideline, going to the end zone. And Emory Jones puts a ball out there for his guy to go up and make a play. Key Lawrence ranging over from his safety spot, making the play beautifully. Like that was great team defense. So really a lot to like about this team on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to have much more to say, Josh. I know you will uh, here after we talk about our friends and uh, after the break. We'll talk more about the defense. We'll talk about the offense. I'm sure we'll have things to say about Dylan Gabriel's day as well. Uh, but we gotta we got to talk about some of our sponsors here. We'll do that uh, here on Locked On Sooners after the break. And today's episode of Locked On Sooners is brought to you by LinkedIn. If you are in the hiring game, no better place to go than LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is go to LinkedIn, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So go to LinkedIn jobs where they'll help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Also got to talk to you about our friends over at DoorDash. If you're looking for some great game day options, Hey, you don't want to leave the tape, the TV. There's some fantastic football happening this afternoon. Go check out DoorDash missing the syrup for your pancakes or you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer. You can go to DoorDash grocery delivery. You can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. And now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. with thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered and we'll make it right. So sit right back and enjoy quality groceries, just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer in terms and conditions apply that's 50 percent off up to 20 dollars. no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code locked on college don't forget that's code locked on college for 50 percent off your force first order with doordash all right josh what's your next kind of biggest takeaway from this game well i've got uh i've got more takeaways but just to update this somebody's brandle Black is asking about, is Jaron Kanick okay? Does anybody know? And uh, via George Stoya, who obviously is up in Cincinnati, Venable said Kanick got hit in the chest. And uh, early results is that he, quote-unquote, checked out okay. Uh, Kanick has been released from the hospital, is uh, my understanding. So, And uh, I guess he was carted off, right, spitting up blood. So that's obviously a scary sight. But the early returns – positive on that front uh, for Oklahoma defensively, man, uh, big picture for OU in this game. 
they at times bent a little bit and did not break. They always found a way to tighten back up. And it started the beginning of the football game where, you know, look, uh, Oklahoma drives down, has an opportunity to go score. They fumble the football away. And uh, all of a sudden, Cincinnati a chance to to go maybe answer with a touchdown after uh, that Dylan Gabriel uh, fumble and the takeaway there. Instead, you tighten up and force the field goal, John. And that winds up being a theme of the day, right? I mean, another long drive ends with the key Lawrence interception. Another one you, again, tighten up and uh, force the field goal attempt, force another field goal, and then it was downs, downs, downs to uh, to end the contest. So the ability of this defense, just big picture, to give up some yardage here and there, and then not totally wilt, that's different with this Oklahoma defense. A season ago, those, uh, those big third downs, like we're talking about the third and 18 play earlier, it didn't net anything super negative. For Oklahoma, they turned around in the next set of downs. They got the football back. So that's different with this Oklahoma team. Sorry, I was so busy drinking my Sonic uh, Powerade slush, and I didn't want you guys to have to listen to that, and I muted myself. But, yeah, that, that's something that's so different about this team, and, and it's carrying over. You know, we saw it the first three games where, okay, maybe they didn't, you know, always – make a make a stop or they were giving up a play but they were finding resilient opportunities to get off the field again another great performance on third down defense uh, against cincinnati i think they held them to three of 15 which i mean that's going to win you a lot of football games if you hold the opponent to 315 and cincinnati was 0 for 2 in the red zone you can't you can't complain like you hold a team 0 for 2 0 for in the red zone and 3 of 15 on third down it's amazing. You know, it's really, really good. And, and that's what needed to be better than it was a year ago. And it wasn't, and they weren't all third and long situations. I'll have to go back and, and find the average down and distance or the average distance to go on third down for them. But a lot of times these were third and, you know, third and five or less third and four or less. And Oklahoma was coming up with stops. Now Cincinnati was very eager to run the football, but we're seeing that Oklahoma's run defense is an actual strength for this team. And that's the encouraging thing is, okay, you went up against a top 10 rushing team and you held up strong. And, and that gives me a lot of hope as an optimism as they go forward. And they're going to play a team like Baylor or maybe not Baylor because they're not on the schedule and Baylor ain't making the big 12 championship game, but you play Texas. Who's got a good offensive line and you know, they always recruit the running back position. Well, that you'll be able to hold up. Or when you play a team like BYU, who's going to want to be tough in the trenches, that you're going to be able to hold up. So really like that the run defense is stepping up. You know, the the pass rush looks salty, as Darren's mentioning here, or Daryl's mentioning, sorry, Darren, Daryl, sorry. Uh, the pass rush is looking really good. I really thought that even when they weren't getting home, they were harassing Emory Jones a lot. And I can't wait to see what the, the pass rush win rate total is going to be for the Sooners after this game over at pro football focus. Cause it's going to have to be high because they, I felt like they had him under pressure quite a bit. Now there are a couple times where maybe he was able to stand back. I think that was more coverage related, but things were looking really, really good. I thought Rondo Bothroyd was playing maybe his best game of the season. Uh, you know, we saw more Adipoja Adabare, you know, Danny Stutzman, Jaron Canick, they're showing they can just straight up get to the quarterback when they want to blitz. Yeah, Venables has been in his bag, hasn't he? Getting getting Stutzman there and Canick there and the uh, the corner blitz that Oklahoma brought at that one point in time 
on a third down led to an immediate, again, talking about good tackling. It's like Britt Vittables brought that corner blitz and John, they threw right to where he was vacated. And guess what? Key Lawrence slides over, makes the tackle and all of a sudden it's fourth down. It's like, it's like playing with their food a little bit. Oklahoma defensively got exactly the response that they wanted from uh, Cincinnati. So no, you're right. I mean, all of the high points that you hit the, the run defense, we can start feeling pretty confident that yes, Oklahoma has made legitimate strides there. Uh, the, the third down conversion percentage defense, really, really good fourth down conversion percentage defense. So Oklahoma was just, it was a, it was a really good defensive performance, uh, you know, especially on a day where the offense, and we can talk about this, sputtered around a little bit. The defense was able to sit there and stand on its head at times, John, and go make plays and get the football back and create takeaways and, you know, timely third down stops and fourth down stops. So I, I want to continue to see more and I'll feel like Oklahoma has completely turned the corner, John, after this following week into the Texas week, if you go deliver Something even, you know, one stage up from this, right? Where you give up 20 points to Texas. I'll say, wow, okay, this is a this is an OU defense that clearly has turned the quarter. And I feel that way now, but we do need to again continue to see it against a team with a better quarterback and, and better skill weapons, right? But right now, from where we sit, you can only go off of one conference game and four games for Oklahoma. And where we sit right now is there's a lot of areas defensively where Look, it's obvious. Oklahoma's improved. How improved are they? Okay, that remains to be seen, but this is an improved defense, no doubt. I think one area that I think stands out and, and it hit me throughout the game was coverage is just much better. You know, especially when they're in man coverage. I feel comfortable when they're in man coverage, which is not something I've felt in a long, long time. And it's Woody Washington and, and Gentry Williams and to an extent, Kanai Walker. Like they're just not getting burnt like they've, been burnt in man coverage before Woody Washington. I mean, he's having a great start to his season. You're not hearing his name called because he gives up a big play when he's getting targeted. It's usually falling incomplete and Gentry Williams has just been as advertised and down on down, you know, I feel like, can I Walker played a good game? You know, Peyton Bowen continues to shine out there in coverage. Billy Bowman had a, a pick on a, you know, a ball that was tipped multiple times, but it was tipped multiple times because there was good coverage uh, also because there was good pressure and Emory Jones had to throw it into coverage. But I feel like just the coverage group is giving me more and more confidence that this is a complete defense too. As Brent Venables and Ted Roof and this defense try to stop the run, okay, then when you get into third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, I feel pretty good about this team getting the stop because they're just not giving up a lot. Now, when they are giving up plays, it's usually because they're sitting in zone coverage and they're able to find the soft spot. But when they're in man, they're really, really good. Well, and even the pass interference on Gentry Williams was, to yeah. me, kind of, you know, it, it was borderline. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought there was some OPI involved there too. So you got to turn around and look at the football, right? I mean, they're a lot of times going to ticket you if you don't do that. But uh, just – the way that those cornerbacks and safeties across the board are covering guys, even a play like that, you know, I mean, if it's not an outright tug of the Jersey, cause he got beat then, uh, you know, competitive coverage. Okay. Every once in a while, you're going to get flagged. It is what yep. it is right yep. in Oklahoma. More times than not is, is delivering 
that competitive coverage and in the right spots at the right time. And typically they're making plays and they're not getting ticketed with, uh, with penalties. So no, it was a, it was a tremendous defensive performance. You, you know, in a day that the offense again, at times was kind of up and down, John, you needed your defense to be that. And you needed your defense to be that for four quarters. We saw games a year ago where in the West Virginia game definitely comes to mind. And Garrett green obviously comes in and changes things, but it was great. For the better part of the first half, Texas Tech, it was great for the better part of the first half, and then they didn't continue into the second half defensively. Oklahoma played four very good defensive quarters today. Yeah, and we'll have a few things to say about the offense and further takeaways about this game. Snap into the action. This NFL season fan duel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers. Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, there's no better time than now with that deal to get in on the action. The app, super easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, Josh, let's talk about the offense for a little bit because it's weird when you look at Dylan Gabriel's stat line because he completed 68% of his passes, threw for more than 300 yards, had some good throws, and, and for the most part was was good, but also had a bad miss of Jaleel Farouk on a throw where he walks into the end zone untouched uh, that would have really changed the complexion of the game early on. Uh, and then also had a miss of Jaden Gibson and then several other times just didn't look as comfortable. And then offensively as a whole, it didn't look as in sync as we've seen. There was a several times where maybe Dylan Gabriel and the running back or, or the wide receiver in motion, they just weren't all on the same page and several kind of mental miscues. I'll call them that, you know, false starts, uh, holding penalties, things like that. The offense just didn't seem to be as in sync as we've come to expect at this point. No. And Overall, Oklahoma is still searching to find uh, the run game. They just are. They had to use a little bit of quarterback run game here and there at times to try and supplement things. Uh, Marcus Major winds up with a pretty good day. And actually, you know, as much as I could sit here and lament the the run game, hey, it needs to continue to progress and get further along. John, one of the biggest plays of the whole game, I thought, offensively or defensively, was Marcus Major's third down run when it was third down and nineteen. The, the fact that OU picked up that third down, and I believe that was the drive right after they'd scored a touchdown and they went on and scored a field goal, kicked the field goal, and and uh, on that drive. So, to me, that was one of the key plays in the game for Oklahoma. So, in a day where, look, it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was great offensively. It wasn't. It was a step in the wrong direction for Oklahoma offensively, but it's your first road test against the Cincinnati team that we heard a lot of nice things about that defensive front of Cincinnati. So it looked like a step up in competition for Oklahoma, their offense versus this Cincinnati defense. They missed some things out there. Ultimately, man, again, I come back to what we said off the top, which is if it's offense that needs to correct some things for Oklahoma, that's a much better position, I think, for this program to be in. And it's a long time since we've been there. It's it's a road game. It's a tough environment. They did enough to win. No, I don't think Dylan Gabriel was nearly as comfortable. The one play was very nearly a scoop and score touchdown for yeah. Cincinnati. I don't know what happened to Dylan Gabriel on that play. Just like panicked back there and, and lost the football. 
Yeah, they, I think multiple times they tried to set up some screens or he was just trying to dump it off to his running back. It was just not a good idea in that instance to try to avoid a sack. And then he had another one where uh, just kind of threw it into the ground and took an intentional grounding penalty. So, yeah, he was not as good as we've seen him. Some of it, the environment. I mean, Nypert Stadium was really on fire today. The 40,000 strong there were making it really loud. My wife was you know, commenting during the broadcast that really there's only 40,000 people there. How is it that, how does it sound that loud? Don't we have like 80,000 plus in, oh, at Gaylord family? I'm like, yeah, we do. But Nyper, man, they, they bring it. Those fans bring it. And I mean, they've been used to really good football over the last several years. So they know how to create a really strong home environment. So um, I get maybe that he was a little off because of, because of that. But some of it is just, you know, technically like you got to be a little bit better. And again, it didn't matter today because Oklahoma was able to win on their defense, but, and Gabriel had a good day. Like it's not, he went, didn't have a great day because he missed two walk-in touchdowns, but he had a good day, you know, 300 yards, 68% completion. That's a good day from your quarterback. It's just, there were times where, okay, he didn't look as Dylan Gabriel as we've kind of come to see, you know, he didn't look the, I don't, yeah, just a really confident player. So, and I think the offense in general, just again, because the offense in general is out of sync. I don't know if it was the crowd noise or what, but yeah, the offense in general, just out of sync. I did think Marcus major had a solid day to his day, several big runs. He had one big run that was called back due to a penalty as well. So there, there are things that are showing signs of life in the run game. And I do believe the passing game is going to continue to be great. Angela Anthony, man, what a pickup that was. I, I wasn't sure how good Andrew Anthony was going to be when he came to Oklahoma. I wasn't even sure that he would ultimately get a lot of playing time at Oklahoma, but the dude is becoming a star before our eyes right now. He's on pace for like over 1100 yards and 60 something catches. So like, there's a lot to like about what the offense is doing. It could have been better, but it was really, it was pretty good today. Yeah. Andrew Anthony is again, you know me, it took me one week, right? Before I, <laughs> my hot takes don't always, uh, don't always work out, but the Andrew Anthony one's looking pretty good. I, I was, uh, pretty convinced after one week that he was going to be this team's number one wide receiver. And if not that, then definitely heavily, heavily involved. And, uh, he had another, I mean, the one catch he had today was, uh, of fantastic. Yeah. A really tough grab. So, no, that was that was nice to see. He finished with seven grabs for one seventeen. Nick Anderson, we were curious about a little bit of a carry over there, and uh, it wasn't throughout the contest for Oklahoma, but you know he finishes with three grabs and the touchdown grab, so that uh, that was good for Oklahoma. You know, ultimately for me, looking at the offense, it, it was not a banner day, but it was against the best defense Oklahoma has seen by far in the most difficult environment that Oklahoma has been in by far. They did enough to win. They did yeah. enough to win. They they move forward now. They're going to face a good Iowa State defense next week. And let's hope that they can correct some things and be better. The run game needs to improve. Dylan Gabriel needs to be a little less panicky, I think, back there and a little more. You know, it's just at times I feel like he's predetermined so much. Like the way that Oklahoma dials things up, it's like, no, we're going wide receiver flat route here, or it's a wide receiver screen in the flat, and there's no adjustment to it. And that almost got Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma in trouble too. The play that, uh, what, it like Stogner was blocking and the guy almost picked it off. So I'm a little worried about some of that 
with Oklahoma, but generally speaking, for me, I evaluate it as Oklahoma did enough in its first conference road test to go do just that, which is walk away 1-0. and Yeah, and win by double digits, by two scores. If you can do that on the road in a hostile environment, you can't really complain a whole lot. So that's going to help set them up for difficult road tests when they go to Stillwater, when they go to Provo, when they go into the Red River Showdown in the Cotton Bowl. Like, they're going to be some fantastic you know, road environments that they're going to be in throughout the course of the season. This is a good start. And yeah, Sooners to win. That long catch with obvious pass interference was incredible. I mean, that, that's the, that was my favorite play of the game, I think. Because here's a guy getting completely interfered with, coming up with a huge, huge play on a game to help Oklahoma score a field goal. It, it was a big, big play in the game, even though it didn't lead to a touchdown. Jamie says, when we last won a national championship in 2000, we had a great defense and an okay offense. I think the offense was really gr- pretty great, actually, until Hypo hurt his elbow. And then it was just kind of okay, right? Yeah. The bottom line, though, they, they were great defensively that season. And, you know, not to spend another hour talking about this, you guys, you know, not to belabor the point, you guys get it. But I, I've said for a little while, John, that for me, it's not the worst thing that Oklahoma doesn't have Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. I get it, right? I mean, we'd love to have Kyler Murray. We'd love to have Baker Mayfield. And on the surface, it sounds dumb to say that, right? You want a Heisman Trophy quarterback. But for this program to where it wants to get to, for the culture to shift a little bit to where Danny Stutzman's the best player on this football team right now, bar none. It's, there's nobody Easy. else in discussion for that. Danny yep. Stutzman is the best player on this football team. And I, I think that's a positive for Oklahoma to go through a little bit of that cultural shift. And again, I still think that there's a lot of nice parts on this offense. There's a lot to like about what they're doing offensively. Again, would they have liked to have done more today? Obviously they would have, but I trust that it's going to get better. And I couldn't trust in much of what this program was going to be doing or getting better with defensively for a long, long time. And right now it feels like that's happening. And one final thought, I'm ready to give him the award. Danny Stutzman's going to win the Butkus award. I don't know who else is going to be in contention for that. Danny Stutzman is winning the Butkus. He's on a incredible trajectory at this point, And it would not surprise me one bit to see him win the, the Butkus award. My final thought on this is, we can talk about the offense and how they only score 20 points, but this is what defensive teams do. Defensive teams take care of the football. Although Dylan Gabriel coughing it up around the goal line, that was disappointing, but otherwise he was pretty good with the football. I mean, it had a couple throws maybe that he'd like back that got him into some danger, but you run the football, you ran it well enough. It wasn't a great game, but you ran it well enough, but you let your defense win this game. And that's okay. It's okay. It's a new world that we're living in under Brent Venables. We're going to win some games where, okay, the offense doesn't have to go out and put up 40 points. Is it nice when they do that? Yeah. It looks a lot more fun. And I got better social reactions uh, for Sooners Wire whenever that happens. But you know what? I'm just as happy with the W. You know, if this was the NFL and your favorite NFL team beat somebody 20 to six, you'd be thrilled. You're like, dub, let's move on to the next one. But because it's college football, we're always about those brownie points and, and those style points. We, all, we, we always got to bank on the 40-point win or whatever. But no, man, just take your 20-6 to 6 win against a team who's been in contention you know, for the last several years as a, a group of five team making their first run in the Big 12 in a stadium that was on fire against a mobile quarterback and a good head coach with a top-10 running team. 
I'm good, man. Take that W, get back to Norman, get ready for Iowa State, and get ready to put a thumping on somebody else. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the post-game live show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at John9Williams. Follow Josh at Josh on Ref. Follow the show at Locked On Sooners. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every podcast platform and on YouTube. And uh, we'll be back Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time for our weekly live show. We'll have great content for you all week long over at Locked On Sooners. Until then, he's Josh. I'm John. Boomer Sooners.